0: Mulla, Wamanulil Fala, Hadiella, Wash Hedu and La Illa, Huachda Hula Shari Kala, Wash Hedu and Namohammedan Abedu, who are a solo. Amma Bad. So we were carrying on from discussing the etiquettes of making dua. Today then. It is regarding the manner in which people make du'a. The way they talk in the du'a. The way they sometimes end up reciting the words of the du'a. That is the topic today. How should you make du'a? Is it supposed to be read out like you're reading the Qur'an? Or are you supposed to make it in a more normal tone uh, tone of voice? So here it says, du'a." One of the things that a person should avoid when it comes to dua is trying to make it in some type of rhythmic manner like you make it into a rhythm, a poem, and you try and make all the ends of your sentences rhyme. The dua should not be taken to this type of level, whereby you try and make it all rhyming and melodious. قَالَ الْإِمَامُ الْبُخَارِيُّ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ فِي كِتَابِ الْدَعْوَاتِ مِنْ صَحِيْحِ الْإِمَامُ الْبُخَارِيُّ مَنْ الْبُخَارِيُّ مَا يُكْرَهُ مِنَ السَّجْعِ فِي الدعاء. The chapter regarding that which is disliked from this rhythmic poetry style of reading when making dua. And he mentioned... Some narrations regarding that issue of not making your du'a into some rhythmic melodious tone and rhyme, that is not the way du'a should be done. وَتَكَلُّفُ ذَلِكَ فِي dua أَمْرٌ makruh It is makrooh, something disliked that you should stretch yourself, purposely in trying to make your dua all rhyme up and to make it all melodious on the same type of pattern and tune with words all rhyming at the end, it is makrooh to take it to a level where you are purposely trying to do that in your dua. لم يكن عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet وسلم, never used to do that. ولا أحد من أصحابه neither did any of his companions do that. ولهذا قال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما and that is why Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما said فإني عهدت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَصْحَابَهُ لَا يَفْعَلُونَ إِلَّا ذَٰلِكَ He said that I witnessed the messenger and his companions that they never used to do that, that style of melody and rhyming and putting it all into some type of poetry form that they never used to do it in that way so this is something which you notice though you notice the people trying to do that often trying to make their duas beautiful in this beautified way rhyming way, melodious way and that is not from the sunnah to try and do that when it comes to making dua وَلِذَا عَدَّ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ تَكَلُّفَ السَّجْعُ فِي الدعاء فِي جُمْلَةِ مَوَانِعِ الْإِجَابَةِ That's why some of the scholars even said, one of the things that may prevent your dua from being answered is trying to make it all rhythmic, melodious, poetry fashion. الإمام القرطبي رحمه الله تعالى أن يدعو بما ليس من الكتاب والسنة فيتخير الفاظا مفقرة وكلمات مسجعة وقد وجدها في كراريس لا أصل لها ولا معول عليها فيجعلها شعاره ويترك ما دعا به رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكل هذا يمنع من استجابة الدعاء. الإمام القرطبي said that some of them they make dua with that which is not in the Quran and the Sunnah. Instead they pick words from all types of books and things words that have rhyming patterns to them and melody to them when reading them the syllables match up all that type of thing and they do all of this and they leave the actual du'as of the prophet sallallahu they leave the actual du'as of the prophet sallallahu and this, therefore, could be one of the means of the dua not being answered. One of the reasons why the dua may not be answered. It may be prevented from being answered. وَسَجْعُ هُوَ الْمُتَكَلَّفُ أَلَّذِي يجتهد صَاحِبُهُ فِي The type of rhyming and melody and syllables or matching up etc. that is makruh is the type where a person purposely has to go out of his way to try and put together and create. فَيَشْغَلُهُ ذَلِكَ عَنَ الْإِخْلَاصِ وَالْخُشُوعِ So when he's trying to do his dua in that beautiful way, rhyming way, he's more focused on trying to make his dua rhyme and sound good than actually being sincere and focusing on what he's saying. And that is why it is makruh to do that. Of course there may be certain types of wordings that naturally just seem to sound like they rhyme etc. That isn't a problem. The problem is when somebody is out there with intent to try and make his dua rhyme and sound beautiful and melodious, then he's not focused on the content of the dua, he's more focused on how it sounds. And therefore, he's missing the point of the du'a. And that is why it may not be answered. al hafiz ibn Hajar, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentioned, وَلَا يَرِدُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ مَا وَقَعَ فِي الْأَحَدِيثِ الصَّحِيحَةِ لِأَنَّ ذَلِكَ كَانَ يَسْدُرُ مِنْ غَيْرِ قَصْدٍ إِلَيْهِ وَلِأَجْلِ هَذَا He said, what is mentioned in authentic narrations is an exception to what we've been talking about here. Like we said, sometimes there may be authentic du'as that seem to look like they are rhyming and they are matching in their sentences. That occurs sometimes. Certain du'as that are authentic du'as may look like that's happening with them. But that is in the du'as of the sunnah that the Prophet ﷺ used to make. And they are du'as that are perfectly put together, du'as that are perfectly said. And they are not with the intention of rhyming and melody and harmony. That's not the purpose behind those du'as of the sunnah. The du'as of the Sunnah are perfect, said by the Prophet. So even if it looks like they are upon rhyming patterns, etc., that is just something naturally that is within them. It is not something that is purposely constructed within them. He gives an, an example, Allahuma Munzil al Kitab, Sariul Hisab, you can see in that line there of this dua how all of it is rhyming at the ends with the alif and the ba'. Al kitab, al hisab, al ahzab. They all rhyme at the ends, but that is something within the dua and that is good and legitimate. Also, for example, a'udhu bika. مِنْ عَيْنٍ لَا تَدْمَعْ وَنَفْسٍ لَا تَشْبَعْ وَقَلْبٍ لَا يَخْشَعْ Again, you can see how all of those are rhyming. They all have the same type of ending. أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَيْنٍ لَا تَدْمَعْ وَنَفْسٍ لَا تَشْبَعْ وَقَلْبٍ لَا يَخْشَعْ All of it in the same form of the ending. That I seek refuge in you O Allah from an eye that does not shed tears and a soul that is never content and a heart that does not fear. And in the wording it looks like it's rhyming but that is a du'a of the sunnah. وَيَنْبَغِي لِلْدَّاعِي أَنْ يَتَجَنَّبَ اللحن في وَلَا سِيَّمَا إِذَا كَانَ اللَّحْنُ مُحِيلًا للمعنى مُخِلًّا بِالْمَقْصُودِ مُفْصِدًا لِلْمُرَادِ فَإِنَّ عِمَادُ الْكَلَامُ Another thing that you have to try and focus on when it comes to Dua is making sure of the correct pronunciations of the Arabic words and getting the correct endings on them as dictated by the Arabic language the Fatha where the Fatha should be, the kasra where the kasra should be, Dhamma where Dhamma should be, Mansoob, Majroor, Maftooh, uh, 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 all of these different types, the Mansub, the Majroor, the Marfur, the Majzoom, various different types of the endings, all of them, they should be accurate when reading your Dua. So don't make something that needs a kasra and you read it with a fatha or something that should be a dhamma and you read it with a kasra. Everything should be read properly and accurately in your du'a. Shaykh islam ibn Taymiyyah Rahimahullahu Ta'ala was asked about someone who makes du'a but they make these types of errors in their du'a. They don't say the words accurately. They don't get the right endings on them. So what is the ruling on his du'a? Will it be accepted? So Ibn Taymiyyah said, من قال هذا القول فهو آثم مخالف للكتاب والسنة. وَلِمَا وأما من دعا الله مخلصا له الدين بدعاء بدعاء جائز سمعه الله وأجاب دعاءه سواء كان معربا أو ملحونا والكلام المذكور لا أصل له بل ينبغي للداعي إذا لم تكن عادته الإعراب أن لا يتكلف الإعراب قال بعض السلف إذا جاء الإعراب ذهب الخشوع (laughs) هذا كما يكره تكلف السجع في الدعاء فاذا وقع بغير تكلف لا باس به فان اصل الدعاء من القلب واللسان تابع للقلب ابن تيميه when he was asked the question a person who makes the dua with incorrect arabic grammar he reads his dua with incorrect arabic grammar doesn't get the Fatḥa, Dhamma, Kasra, etc. Correct. Then his dua won't be accepted, will it? Ibn Taymiyyah said, Whoever says that, He has opposed the Quran and the Sunnah. Meaning, That if you make your dua, And you do make grammatical errors, Your dua is still accepted. You can't say that it's invalid, Because of grammatical errors in your, pronunciation and your dhamma, fatha, kasra, etc. You can't say that your dua is invalid. And the salaf never said that. So whomsoever makes dua sincerely and with a dua that is correct and permissible, then Allah hears and answers whether you are able to do the proper i'raab, dhammas, fathas, kasras, or whether you're not. So, if a person is able to do it properly, that is what you strive to do. That is what you should strive to do. But if it's problematic and you end up focusing, full focus on trying to get Dhamma, Fatha Kasra's correct, then again it's not something you should try and do. Your focus should be on the core of the dua. If you're not able to do ira properly, then that should not be something which your focus goes on Taken away from the content of the du'a. So the key is try to make it correctly. Try to get the iraab correct. But the du'a would be valid even if you could not properly. We'll pray and then carry on after the prayer inshaAllah. Alhamdulillah. salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. ala alihi wa wa man So carrying on from where we left off. The next chapter here it talks about another one of the etiquettes of making dua and this chapter says a dua making dua for the Muslims al Muhima from the Important Affairs الْمُسْلِمُ فِي That is suitable and appropriate and required for a Muslim to pay attention to in his dua. عَدَّهُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ فِي Some of the scholars have even said this is one of the etiquettes of making dua. And that is That within your du'a, you put time aside to make du'a for the Muslims. To ask Allah to give the Muslims success. And to forgive them. And to have mercy upon them. So to make du'a for the Muslims, that is something you should do when making du'a and that you ask Allah to aid the Muslims upon good ادعاء للمسلمين بالتوفيق والمغفره والرحمه والاعانه على الخير والاعانه على الخير so that you make dua for the Muslims that Allah gives them success that Allah forgives them, that Allah has mercy upon them, and that Allah aids them upon good. If إن الجميع مشتركون في الحاجة إلى ذلك because everyone is in need of those affairs, every Muslim is in need of those affairs to seek forgiveness from Allah to ask for mercy. To be given success and be guided to good. Every Muslim is in need of those affairs. وَمَا مِن رَيْبٍ أَنَّ كُلَّ مُسْلِمٍ يَج- يُحِبُّ مِن إِخْوَانِهِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ له, له. And every Muslim would love that the other Muslims, they make dua for him. Everybody would love that the others are making dua for you. So, making dua for your brothers and sisters, making dua for the Muslims, that is one of the etiquettes of dua. And a Muslim loves for his brother what he loves for himself in terms of goodness. So whatever goodness you desire for yourself and you make dua for, then you love that your brothers and sisters, the Muslims, should also be guided to goodness and success. فَكَمَا أَنَّهُ يُحِبُّ ذَلِكَ لِنَفْسِهِ فَيَنْبَغِي مُعْتَنِيًا بِذَلِكَ الْخَيْرِ لَهُمْ So just like you love to get the good things for yourself, then similarly you should love that your brothers and sisters are guided to that good also. So you make dua for them, for the Muslims, and you seek forgiveness for them, for the Muslims. وَإِذَا نَظَرَ الْمُسْلِمُ إِلَىٰ أَحْوَالِ إِخْوَانِهِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَجَدَهَا أَحْوَالَ مُتَثَاوِتًا And if you look at the state of the Muslims, you'll find that they are in different types of states. The Muslims are in different types of states. وَكُلُّ وَاحِدٍ مِنْهُمْ بِحَاجَ إِلَىٰ دُعَاءِ إخوانه. But everybody... No matter what their state and situation may be, all Muslims are in need of dua from their brothers and sisters. That is something all Muslims can do with to have their brothers and sisters making dua for them. Some from amongst them may be ill. Feeling the pains of the illness, so they are in need of the du'a. While a قد أمضى في مرضه الأسابيع الْعَدِيدَ والشهور الطويلة، وقد لا يغمض له جفن ولا يهدله بال في آلام متعبة وأوجاع مؤلمة، فهو بحاجة إلى دعاء إخوانه المسلمين الله مرضه. So maybe a person is in illness and has been in that painful illness for weeks, maybe months, and he's been in that difficulty, in those pains, and so he is in need of the dua of his brothers and sisters, that Allah cures him, وَيُزِيلُ بَأْسَهُ and that Allah removes that difficulty from him, and removes Hammahu, his grief and his situation that he's in. wal and that Allah uh, uh, gives him the good health and returns him back to the good health. So this is just an example. This is just an example and generally speaking, the Muslims are in need of the dua of each other. Another example, وَمِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مَنْ يَعِيشُونَ فِي بُلْدَانِهِمْ فِي 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 وَحُرُوبٍ مُهْلِكَ وَبَلَاءٍ شَدِيدٍ قَدْ تَسَلَّطَ عَلَيْهِمْ عَدُوُهُمْ فَأُرِيقَتْ فِيهِمُ الدِّمَاءِ وَرُمِّلَتْ النِّسَاءِ Yutima. There are instances and examples of Muslims living in countries where their trials and their tribulations have overcome them, where destructive wars have occurred and great trials and severe trials have occurred and their enemies have overcome them, and blood has been spilt, and women have been widowed, and children have been orphaned, and wealth has been taken and stolen. فَهُمْ إِلَى إِلَهُمْ بِأَنْ So they are in need of this du'a, from their brothers and sisters that Allah removes this difficulty from them and that he removes the enemy's grip over them and that Allah replaces the current state of difficulty and insecurity with a state of security and peace and comfort amongst them وَقَدْ كَانَ مِنْ هَدْيِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَلْقُنُوتَ فِي النَّوَازِلَ التي تَنزِلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And from the guidance of the Prophet that he used to do the Qunut in the times of the calamities and difficulties befalling the Muslims. When some calamity or difficulty befell, occurred, to the Muslims, then he would make the qunut, the du'a in the prayer. So he would make du'a for the Muslims to be given salvation and to be given aid. And he would make du'a that the enemies are destroyed and they are uh, defeated just like it is mentioned in several narrations you find in al-bukhari and otherwise that the prophet ﷺ used to make this qunut for the muslims when some difficulty arose upon a muslim and there are many narrations highlighting that this is the way that the muslim should be one to another Allah said in the Qur'an, Indeed, the believers are brothers. And in another ayah, That the believers, male and female, they are the awliya to each other. They are the protectors and helpers of one another. And in another hadith Mu'minina الجسد Jasad Hadith in Al Bukhari and Muslim that the example of the believers in their love and mercy and compassion to one another is like the example of a body that when one part of the body complains, has a problem, has some pain then the rest of the body also experiences the impact and the the feeling that is occurring from that one body part and so it cannot sleep and it experiences the fever so meaning that the Muslims they feel for one another and they have that love and mercy for one another. Similarly in Sahih Muslim hadith of an numan ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam المسلمون ke rajulin wahid in iştaka aynuhu iştaka وَإِنِ اِشْتَكَى رَأْسِهُ اِشْتَكَى That the Muslims are like one man, one person. If his eye has a problem, then the rest of the, everything has the problem. And if his head has the problem, the rest of it, everything has the problem. So, the Muslims are like one body. In the hadith of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, رضي الله عنه said that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said المؤمن للمؤمن كالبنيان يشدوا بعضه بعضا that a believer to another believer is like a building it fortifies itself it strengthens itself So these narrations and many others, they all indicate the bond that is within Ahlul Islam, the Muslims as a whole, as a general, and that one of the etiquettes of the Dua, some of the scholars have mentioned, is that you make Dua for the Muslims as a whole, You make du'a for those in calamity and difficulty and trials and tribulations. As you love goodness for yourself, you would love that goodness occurs for them. Then also, after mentioning making the du'a for the other Muslims, then it goes on to mention the opposite. That the du'a has a great virtue For the believers, and they should make that du'a, make the du'a for one another. But what they should refrain from is the abuse and the criticism and the evil speech upon one another. (laughs) لقد مر الكلام على أهمية الدعاء للمسلمين بالغفرة والرحمة والتفق، وذلك نعم ونحى ذلك. وبيان ما يترتب على ذلك من فوائد عظيمة وأجور كريمة وخيرات متوالية في الدنيا والآخرة وما من شك أن وجود مثل ذلك بين المسلمين دليل على قوة اللحمة وشدة الرابطه ووثوق الصله وهو دليل أيضا على كمال العقل وسلامة صدر ورجاحة الفهم والمسلم الموفق يكون دائما محب الخير لِإِخْوَانِهِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَحِيمًا بِهِمْ رَاجِيًا صَلَاحَهُمْ وَفَلَاحَهُمْ So a Muslim should always be in a way whereby he loves that the goodness should come for himself and for the Muslims, his brothers and his sisters, and that he should be an understanding individual. A Muslim needs to be of an understanding nature, and that he loves the goodness for himself and others, and has the compassion for his brothers and sisters, and desires that they be forgiven, and Allah have his mercy upon them, and desires rectification and success and guidance for them. And that is important there, that a Muslim desires the rectification and the guidance, for his brothers and sisters, and the success for his brothers and sisters. And so he is Mukthiran min Dua illahi wa su'alihi He makes the Dua a lot for his brothers and his sisters. Ibn al Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned إِنَّ الشَّهَادَةَ min بَابِ al والشفاعة من باب الطلب ومن يكون كثير الطعن على الناس وهو الشهاده عليهم بالسو وكثير اللعن لهم وهو طلب السوء لهم لا يكون شهيدا عليهم ولا شفيعا لهم لان شهادة مبناها على الصدق وذلك لا يكون في من يكثر الطعن فيهم ولا صيام في من هو اولى بالله ورسوله منه والشفاعه مبناها على الرحمه وطلب الخير وَذَلِكَ لَا مِمَا يُكْثَرُ This is now about not having the evil characteristic of اَتَّعْنُ that you are constantly cursing and abusing the people. That is not the way that a Muslim behaves. He should not be upon the abuse and the curse of others. And Ibn al Qayyim Ibn al Qayyim Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned in this statement here regarding the one who is constantly cursing and abusing others and how that impacts his testimony and the Shafa'ah for him in a negative way. So instead, a Muslim should have the good behaviour towards his brothers and his sisters. لَيْسَ الْمُؤْمِنُ بِالْطَعَانِ وَلَا الْلَعَانِ وَلَا الْفَاحِشِ وَلَا الْبَذِيءِ The Prophet said in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رَضِيَ Anhu, That a Muslim is not the one who ta'an Heavily critical and speaking abusively and la'an the one who is cursing all the time Fahish الْفَاحِشْ al The one who is lewd and with the bad characteristics. That is not the way of a Muslim. Similarly in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said, أَلْمُسْلِمُ مَنْ سَلِمَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ مِنْ لِسَانِهِ وَيَدِهِ That a Muslim is the one whom his other brothers and sisters are safe from his hand and from his tongue. They are safe from his hand and from his tongue. So these are the advices within the sunnah regarding how a Muslim perceives and views his brothers and sisters on the whole. The Prophet Sallallahu mentioned to the companions La تَصُبُّ أَحَدًا مِنْ أصحابي do not curse any of my companions. Do not curse the companions, my companions. For indeed, if one of you was to spend the likes of Uhud, Mount Uhud, in gold you would not be comparable to a handful they spent or half of that. Indicating the great virtue of the companions, but also our point here, indicating that you do not abuse and you do not speak in this abusive way towards the companions and generally of course also towards the Muslims. Also regarding the scholars, we know of the statement of the scholars uh, and the position of the scholars. Ibn Taymiyyah said, That from the speech which is widespread is that the meat of the scholars is poisonous. The meat of the scholars is poisonous. Meaning that if you are going to backbite the scholars, you are going to speak evil of the scholars, then you should know that the meat of the scholars is poisonous upon you. That you are going to reap the evil rewards of that. You are going to end up with the recompense of your actions of that. The final sections here carry on with a few of the remaining etiquettes of dua. Dua. One of them is making du'a for your parents and close relatives. Making du'a for your parents and close relatives. That is something stressed throughout the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Regarding the rights of your parents, the rights of your mother, the rights of your father. And the fact that you should regularly, constantly, always be making du'a for your parents. That is one of the things mentioned within the Sunnah. You have all of the ayat, the ahadith, the... Uh, uh, now the ayat. You have the ayat, the one where it mentions, وَقُرْ رَبِّ ارْحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِ The ayah which mentions regarding the status of the parents and how you behave with those parents that say... قُرْ ارْحَمْهُمَا Make dua to Allah, that, O oh Allah, have mercy upon them. كَمَا رَبَّ Just as they raised me when I was small, have mercy upon them now, just as they had mercy upon me and raised me when I was small. This is a command in the Qur'an that Allah is telling you regarding the way that you Make the du'a for your parents and the attitude you have towards your parents. Another point you can mention is that in the Qur'an, whenever Allah mentions His own rights, then right next to that, the very next rights that are mentioned, are always often the rights of the parents, straight after the rights of Allah. The rights of Allah and then the rights of the parents, indicating to you how high the rights of the parents are. It's mentioned also <laughs> The Prophet Regarding his own mother making dua for her, but we know that it's mentioned, rega- or oh, oh, rather, when it was Abu Talib in particular, the story regarding Abu Talib and making dua for him, he died as a kafir. And then also regarding the mother of the Prophet, it was mentioned. <laughs> That I sought permission to seek forgiveness for my mother, but I was not given permission. And I sought permission to visit her grave, and I was allowed. That is to highlight that you cannot make dua for deceased parents who were kuffar. They died upon kuffar, died upon kuffar, now it's gone. Before they die, if they are kufar, you can make dua for them, Allah guide them to the truth, Allah bring them to the truth. But if a person dies upon kufar, then you cannot make dua for that person after that. Uh, but whilst they are alive, there are examples where the Prophet sallam used to make dua, Allahumma hdi dawsan wa'ti bihim, that Allah guide the tribe of dos. So there were many duas of that nature for the non-Muslims, but the point here is regarding the dua for the parents, the dua that a person makes for his mother, for his father, it's mentioned also in the Quran, the righteousness and the birr, that you have to your parents, and the high station of it, ta'budu illa wa bil ihsana. that Allah decreed, you do not worship except Him. And then, have the righteousness towards your parents. إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا That if they were to reach old age, one of them or both of them, then don't say, uff. Don't say uff to your parents. Do not have this type of attitude. وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Do not shout and have that type of attitude. وَقُلْ لَهُمَا But instead say to them a lenient and gentle word. وَاخْفَذْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلْ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ وَقُلْ رَبِّ ارْحَمْهُمَا and lower for them the wings of humility meaning make yourself modest and humble humility before your parents and listen to what they have to say because if you do not disobedience to the parents is considered as one of the major sins one of the major sins Considered is the disobedience to parents. (laughs) عقوق الوالدين عقوق الوالدين Disobedience to parents. Even if your parents were non-Muslim, they're alive, they're non-Muslims, you still have to obey them. Except in the religious things. If they tell you to do something which is against Islam, then no. But otherwise, in everything else, even the non-Muslim parents, you have to obey them. So, there are rights of the parents that are great. And so here, here, in this chapter, the Shaykh, he talks about the importance of making dua for your parents. As one of the key types of dua that you regularly make. There is a hadith mentioned by Imam al-Bukhari in his other book, Al-Adab al-Mufrat. Uh, hadith of Abu Hurairah Where it says That a, a person who's died After he's died He's going to be raised up A level In his levels and status And he will say Rabbi, He will say My Lord What is this for? Why have I been raised up? Waladuka إِسْتَغْفَرَ لَكَ It will be said to him, Your son sought forgiveness for you. And so his level is raised up that father, that parent. So this is one of the key things you should never uh, be negligent of. And that is the dua that you make for your parents. That brings us to the end of that Chapter. And we'll round off upon that point today. And next time we'll carry on with some of the other types of topics you should regularly make dua for. And one of those, uh, as we're going to come and see, is obviously regularly making dua for forgiveness for yourself, for your sins. We all commit sins and we all do wrongs. So that should be one of the types of dua you regularly ask Allah for. Be Dua where you are asking Allah for forgiveness for your sins. Do not be negligent in forgetting about those affairs. Do not be negligent in asking Allah for forgiveness for your shortcomings, asking for the mercy of Allah. That is one of the key things you make Dua about. So we'll begin with that chapter regarding those topics you make Dua for in the next session, next week inshaAllah ta'ala. And next week definitely now it's gonna be after Maghrib insha'Allah. Maghrib next week will be six forty, 640, six forty five or something. So straight after Maghrib prayer will begin next week, inshaAllah Ta'ala.